0: what's up everyone and welcome to ringside an american dairy goat podcast i'm john and always i'm joined by nate funk nate how's it going brother pretty good pretty good good morning good morning it's a it's a nice one here today a little bit frosty but not too bad i got the bucks out already as Last week, while I was pacing back and forth onto the porch and not and whatnot, <laughs> they uh, were making it known that they wanted to be outside, so I made sure they got outside extra early this morning. <laughs>
1: Ours are uh, content where they are. Um, they've okay, got a, a neighbor staying with them uh, for the night. She'll be picked up uh, later today. Uh,
0: oh, got a for- little... Uh, got a little love in the next next uh panel, huh? Well they would like to think so. Um
1: but <laughs> <laughs> uh, hope and Brian Johnson, their daughter uh Ava, they brought uh dough we sold earlier in the spring uh Elsa back to be AI and um you know we'll we'll do that for four H's. You know, if they want to have a dough AI, we'll do it basically for the cost of the straw, and you know, a little bit. You know, yeah. For we've got to feed them overnight, and Jen does it, and she usually tries to. If they're able to be here while we're doing it, Jen tries to work in a little bit of AI, you know, explanation of what she's doing, and and yeah, uh, that's cool.
0: Yeah, it's, um, uh, it's almost like you guys got like a side gig for uh, genetics, you know, whether it's collection or AI uh, well, going I on. <laughs> like that.
1: Nothing. We just, I mean, is we want as far as the collection, we want to be there are certain bucks that we and people we know, you yourself included, um, want to get collected for, you know, almost insurance purposes, meaning yeah. you know, bucks do stupid things. Um, you know, they find that baling twine and wrap it around their neck, you know, 20 times and then find the only nail in the bar and hang from it. Yeah. Um, you know, they do stupid things like that. Um, <clears throat> but what? so she came back and it was nice to see her. Um, she's one of our homebred SG does. Um, mm-hmm. and they've, you know, we were able to talk to him about her and it was a really nice visit to, to, uh, no, it was just Ava and Brian who came back for, to bring her back. But who knows who nice. we'll see. They'll be back this morning to pick her up. Maybe they'll listen to the podcast on the way back. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they they do listen. Oh, um, awesome. So they're, they're fans. Um, well, hello, guys. And I hope your, uh, dough was successfully AI'd by the time you're listening to this. Um, You won't find out for three weeks, but... Or four. (laughs) Um, Well, four if you do a blood draw, but I mean, three weeks, if she comes back in heat, you know it didn't work. Right, right. (laughs) Well, and we've already discussed uh, possible backups. Oh, Oh, nice. um, Um, You, how's your week been? My week's been not bad. Uh, The baby, Alice, has been just wonderful sleeping at night. Last night, she was... uh, a little bit fussy but not too too bad um we're actually getting like four or five hours stints out of her at night wow and then and then we feed her and change her and put her back to bed and she sleeps for another four or five hours so we're really lucky <laughs> you are you really are i mean uh. yeah I mean, knock on wood, that could all change tomorrow, you know. But and it will. <laughs> right now she Yeah. <laughs> right now she's she's really great. Um and yesterday we actually took advantage of the nice weather. It was 74 degrees down here. Um so we took a trip out to Dutchess County, uh where I have family that lives out there and actually visited with uh my cousin Caitlin and uh my aunt and uncle and uh, got to see her animals. She has a uh, dairy where she sells raw milk and cheeses. And so we got to meet, they got to meet Alice and I got to take a sneak peek at their animals. And actually, I think uh, next weekend, we're going to have her on the podcast for an interview and just, you know, fun talk. Yeah. And uh, I visited with Daniel Caroli, who has been on the show before. Um, She she met Alice and Uh, I'm jealous now.
1: Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, wait. (laughs) Someone outside the family met Alice and hey, wait a minute. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it was funny because I uh, messaged her. I was like, hey, uh, are you going to be around tomorrow? And this was uh, Friday when I messaged her. She goes, yeah, I'm going to be around. Why? I'm like, well, I'm going to be around uh, down in Millbrook. And she goes, well, is Alice going to be there? I'm like oh so so it doesn't oh. matter if I'm gonna be there, but Alice. Get used to it presents. for like a, a year or so, you're gonna be chopped liver compared to this child. It's gonna be like I've always been chopped liver compared to my wife, so I'm used to it. You know
1: <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. You know, uh Jen's gonna be someplace. Yeah. Well, is, so, is Maria going to be there? Katie going to be there yeah. is Katie
0: going to be there? Jamie. <laughs> well, you guys have the most adorable kids ever. So <laughs> uh, they like to think so. <laughs> yes, we do. We do.
1: I, I love every one of them, and they're that's on record. Yes, on record. it's uh, and they they work great together. I mean, like honestly, right now they're awake, they're in the living room, and they're playing quietly. They're you know, they know they know I do the podcast, and they actually kind of think it's kind of cool.
0: Oh, awesome, man!
1: Usually, after we post it, they'll uh, they and Jen will listen to it. Um, it's a good thing we keep it clean. We we do, and we try to keep it family friendly for yep. a m- million multiple reasons. reasons. <laughs> I'm just gonna like, I'm gonna say a few reasons, uh, a dozen reasons, but for a million reasons. We try to yeah. keep it clean, um, yep. except what you know, in you know, try to keep things, you know, kind of scientific. You know, when you're talking about AI and semen and you know, vulvas, um, you know, <laughs> that all could be taken in
0: so many different contexts. I could. That's right. Um, so, yeah. um, uh, so uh, going back, so then I also got to see. My little cousin Faith, she who uh is four H her. Well was she's I wasn't, that now. Wait a Wait, What
1: do you mean by little cousin? You make it seem like yeah. little eight year old Faith was there.
0: No, no yeah, she is now. Faith in college. is what can you believe that? Or nineteen now? Uh she's going to be eighteen, but she's she's in college now. She's
1: doing it yeah, online little Faith. courses. Faith, I'm sorry he keeps calling you little cousin.
0: I always do, she knows it's young knows woman. That Faith.
1: <laughs> Faith who I met in in said, Oh, this is a young woman. And John's going, No, this is my little cousin.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She'll always be my little cousin in my eyes, you know? So uh, but yeah, so I got to see her uh, little herd that she's got going on too. Um, so yeah, we got to, you know, talk goats and and talk babies and it was it was a fun time. Uh, Alice was absolutely exhausted last night when we got home.
1: Yeah, so, well, a car ride will do it almost every time. It's almost cliche-ish of the young it. parents with the baby, to putting the baby in the car to get it to fall asleep. Um, <laughs> and it will work oh, I feel like I'm... until the baby gets sick of the car rides.
0: Yeah. Um, but... yeah. Luckily, she's she's been great in the car, always sleeping. But I feel like I'm driving Miss Daisy because... Uh Tierney's sitting in the back with her and I'm just up front as a chauffeur, you know, driving everybody around. <laughs> <laughs> do you get out and open the door. I do. Oh. Yep. She can't she can't lift Alice yet. So I get out, open Tierney's door, go around and get Alice, bring her in the house. Ah, so, good man. Good yeah. man. I do what I can. Um we did actually, Nate. Uh I jinxed myself last week we were talking about how I was uh all done breeding and I had a doe recycle. No. Yeah. So uh well went my uh my herd queen she ended up recycling so she got rebred.
1: Well, we we did all the we've got a doe we're trying to figure out and anybody who's listening have any ideas? We've we've probed some uh well-respected minds and I think we have some ideas of what's going on. Um, one of our does that we cedared, actually two of them that we cedared and did PG 600 protocol on. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't cycle. Ugh. Went through all I mean, cedars, I mean, these things are potent. You, you, Women are supposed to wear gloves and maybe even not even handle them. They're so potent, and and we did all that in no cedar. So we'd already With no prior cycle. and had no no. We did a, a lutealize like two months prior, so we don't think there's anything up in there um, as far as you know uh, undeveloped fetuses or anything. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> So, one of the things we read up on was uh iodine and selenium deficiency um which uh really is kind of ironic because uh years ago when she was a yearling we we'd actually been suggested that because of uh you know issues she had that she might need some selenium a higher amount than uh the other dose and but mm-hmm. it was suggested that she might grow out of it. And so we we presume she'd grown out of it, but so she may have a, a iodine and selenium deficiency. Uh, so I'm here. I am last week. Uh, you know, texting around. You know, I I uh, found out from uh, our friend Kurt that uh, well, we, we looked into it, and and we found out that. Uh, kelp, kelp meal, helps with this sort mm-hmm. of situation, and I was talking to Kurt about like because I knew he'd been looking for some. Uh, Kurt Schnipke, so and he uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, I found it. He says, I'm going to warn you, it's expensive.
0: Oh, kelp's so expensive, <laughs> it's ridiculous.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> oh, it is. It's like I think the the bag he showed us that he he. I don't remember if he said he bought it or not, but it was the cheapest he found it was $125 a bag. Yeah, for like a 20-pound bag. Yeah, and he said
0: it lasted about, you know, three or four weeks. Yeah, it's, oh my God, it's neat. I I, I first learned about kelp with dairy goats. I know people have done it with uh, dairy cows before. I've seen it. Um, but kelp with dairy goats, I saw like on a YouTube channel, somebody that's got like six or seven goats in their little backyard homestead and they're feeding them kelp. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so then I did some research and I looked up some kelp that was available for livestock or just bags of kelp and it's expensive, man. You're great. Drain your wall, those kids better be sold at a high price. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and I already get accused of selling mine too high, so uh oh, stop it. So nobody gets accused of selling their kids higher than me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but
1: it's, it's nuts, and it was funny because I'm Jen and I were standing there talking. Maria hears us, and she's 10 going on 11 here, and uh, and she goes. I thought somebody gave us some, and I'm like, no. At the price this is per pound, you know, nobody gave us a bag. She says, yeah, yeah. No, somebody, somebody. This brain gave us some. She said, "I'm gonna go find it." And she went out, and uh, we have a a cabinet that we keep hoof trimmers in, and and you know, the the basically the. Small dry things that can freeze (laughs) Mm -hmm. in the barn. And uh, she goes out there, and sure enough, she pulls out this. It's it's not a dime bag, (laughs) but this Ziploc bag of of, (laughs) kelp. And (laughs) as I look at it, I'm like, you know, the stuff in that is worth more than the stuff you could put in that Ziploc bag. Oh my goodness.
0: (laughs) That's so funny. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) And it's labeled, you know, kelp, you know, and the date it was put in there and and stuff. It's like, okay, well, I guess you're right. We have kelp.
0: (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's too funny.
1: (laughs) Well, and it it did answer a question before we went ahead and got a $125 bag of it. Was uh whether the dough would even eat it? Yeah, and that was like the biggest like value of that little Ziploc bag of kelp was because you'd hate to pay one hundred and twenty five dollars for something and then have the dough that you need to give it to be like, yeah,
0: I ain't touching that. Yeah, Um, yeah. I uh bought I bought a big like gallon of rice bran oil um, as per advice from kurt schnipke uh when one of my does who's just not an easy keeper just loses all her her condition when she's milking and i didn't try it out luckily she kind of likes it you got to be really really easy on it and just kind of let you know give her like half a cup in with her grain and she's okay but anything more than that not so but in-
1: <laughs> and you know one thing I'm noticing by the way, other than the fact we both went to talk to Kurt about <laughs> I did, yeah. you know things to give our does, is that yeah. um you know i i' I grew up around goats and you didn't, but I know what mm. I'm noticing is we both have will aren't afraid to turn to other breeders and you know no for advice you know like yeah. hey, I got this problem. Any ideas? Um, yeah. Sometimes we may be you see obnoxious somebody that's successful.
0: Yeah. You see someone who's successful in what they're doing and have nicely conditioned goats or, you know, you know they've had to come up with some kind of issues with their large herds with breeding a certain doe because of different deficiencies. So you're going to go to those different breeders and, and, you know, try to ask for some advice, um, I, I suggest that everybody does that. The worst thing that's going to happen is they don't answer.
1: Right. I mean, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they might not answer or you might really like get them thinking, and maybe they are having a similar issue as well. Um, mm. One of the things we did find out was that this doe had a relative. We'll just say a relative mm-hmm. in one of uh, mm-hmm. Brandy's herds. Uh that, and she, Brandy Giacchino, Cicchino, who's getting a new house <laughs> bill. But anyway, um, yeah. anyway, and we found out that that's actually where we've, it was suggested that she has a iodine deficiency. Uh, Brandy actually gives uh, this one dough of hers that's related to ours uh, a dropper full of iodine once every two days.
0: But the oral yes. iodine.
1: Yeah, yeah no, though. no, not, not <laughs> the, what you dip umbilical uh, cords in. But this is for the oral iodine. And right. it was funny. The first night we did that, um, Jen, my wife did it with this dough. And, uh, Actually, what it is, it's Addie. And anyone who knows our herd knows Addie. She's a brute. And Jen did it. And it was like a battle. And I think Jen ended up wearing half of it. And (laughs) and it's iodine. So, you know, it's staining. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Jen's just... uh, Luckily, it was barn clothes and and stuff. And she's like, God, this is going to be a bear for a month. And... (laughs) <laughs> the next thing, she's like, it's your turn. You give it to her. I pull out the full dropper for like say, hi, Addie, you want some? And Addie t- tips her head up and drinks it right out of the straw. Like, mm, thank you. Papa, and that was yummy. And uh, so I got assigned Addie iodine duty. Uh, hopefully, the kelp can work um, instead of or as well. What, what we think we're going to do is, um, like, Tonight, Addie will get a iodine treatment, but she won't get kelp, just because we don't know. She's not eating enough. A lot of the kelp, she'll eat like what's in your hand. But if you go to get another handful, she doesn't want it. That's it. So yeah. I, I really, I've got to reach out to uh, Kurt and Brandy and see what they think. Uh, I certainly don't want to overload the dough. Uh, right. So, um, but. Yeah, no that's that's what's happened around our farm uh, now yeah. in EDGA, I, uh, we haven't heard anything yet from the uh, task force the
0: linear appraisal task force but no and I don't I don't think we're gonna hear anything until January. I don't think so
1: either I think they will get some recommendations or at least they'll do a check- in and that's really what I think the November date is. It's kind of a check in to say yes we have the task force. Yes, we've been in touch. Yep. Um, and that's going to be, like, next Sunday, November 15th.
0: Um, yeah. So I I don't think we're going to hear anything. Um, just like we won't hear anything about Harrisburg and the lawyers until um, it's all said and done. So I I just think that's how that's going to work out with that. Yeah, I
1: mean, but I would, I would still say I mean, we ought to be checking – we as members – Ought to be checking in with our uh, directors on that. Yeah. Um, I was looking and, you know, really it's... Yeah, if if the East Coast wants a uh, uh, nationals, we really need that Harrisburg mm-hmm. this year. Um, not this year, but in 2022. Um, yeah. You know, if... If there are issues with Harrisburg, hopefully with it's going to sound really crazy, but my thought is hopefully with the COVID that the owners or the or whoever the state is moving in on the expo center and saying because of COVID we need better ventilation um, mm-hmm. because that seems to be key on many things. Any indoor activity on COVID is um, other than you know social distancing the other thing is ventilation and yeah i would expect a, a facility like that they would look at and go you need to do something
0: um it would, yeah i'm i that would solve that i agree i honestly think they need to kind of get in louisville's ear about nationals coming up with ventilation um just because <clears throat> covid's not going to be going anywhere anytime soon um we there's spikes all over the country, and uh, like even locally here, they canceled our Army West Point football game against Air Force this week because of COVID. Wow. Um, yeah, it was, it was yesterday. There was no game, and it's I, I don't I just don't see it going anywhere as the country is going right now with their protocols uh anytime soon so i think if we want to have nationals for 2021 in louisville we need to uh, work out something with ventilation and i don't right now as it is if nationals was a month away i wouldn't see it No. Happening. No.
1: Um but i think even with the time it's frame just... we've got as far as figuring out some of those problems um i mean maybe it it's I don't know. I don't know how you deal with it. I mean, other obviously no. they're able to deal with it. Um, yeah. I know, you know, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Bob Bartholomew, has been posting uh, pictures of the dairy cattle show. I believe, you know, he's he's down there. Uh,
0: he's at yeah, Napa right yeah. now,
1: and uh, it's yeah. beautiful. Which, which hopefully, yeah, well, (laughs) animals down there. The pictures he's been sending up, yeah, and and of course he's a a great photographer himself. But uh, Mm -hmm. so it's, you know, it's possible. Obviously, they've got people down there showing, um, yeah. But I think come spring, we'll we'll have a little better idea of what's going on. Um, Yeah. But
0: yep. um, um, I don't know of any other ADGA news. Um, well, I would just I would just say for members, uh, membership renewals coming up for both. Well, regular memberships open right now, and then uh, ADGA Plus will be opening up next month. Yeah. Right? It's yep. December. And I – So just uh, get on top of that. And I,
1: I would say, you know, some people are saying, you know, what's the sense of ADGA Plus if we don't know if there's going to be linear appraisal? <laughs> I'm going to believe that there's a linear appraisal. Um, yeah, it's just it may be no, I don't it think... may not be how it has been in the past. It may be different, right? But I believe there's going to be linear appraisal, and to me, the other programs are well worth it. Um, and that that being added, mm-hmm. we still haven't heard whether or not they have backfilled uh, Lisa Shepherd's position um, no. on with the program uh personnel um so if you know anybody who qualified and lived in the uh you know Spindale area uh that that kind of narrows yeah. it down
0: i know of a few people very very specific area. i i know a
1: few people were thinking <laughs> about it though they heard that you had to be uh, uh reporting to the office 5 days to a week to the office. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh you know, it's something that it's a tough job, but it's an important one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so um, as far as that, I'd get plus I'd yeah. still do it, um, and we we plan to. Yeah, we plan to. We've been for a few years.
0: Um, well, good. Um, so let's let's move on to our topic, which our topic this week is uh, getting prepared for winter. Winter is among us, folks. We've already got some people have already seen snow. Yeah, present. Um <laughs> Yep. I uh I, I have seen snowflakes. They just haven't stuck. <laughs> so uh so getting ready for winter with your herd is definitely an important thing. And even in warmer climates, there's still preparations to make for winter time. Um so it's not gonna be just like a northeaster or uh a uh cold weather. Um, focus is going to be pretty much everywhere. Uh, so, one thing that I really focus on with getting ready for winter is what bedding method I use for my goats in the winter time. Um, everybody does it differently, but what works for my setup is uh, deep bedding, um, which which is basically just letting straw and and wasted hay build up. Uh, throughout the winter. <clears throat> and then that heat underneath as it's breaking down warms the goats. Um, but there's ways to do it where it's you can just make it a nasty disaster or you can uh, do it correct. And one thing that I do to try to keep it not as uh, ammonia-filled is I uh, I add diatomaceous earth uh, once every other week to the bedding, and I think uh, just to, you know, to
1: clarify this, because we, we kind of do a similar thing. But you know, I believe you what you're doing is what we're doing, is, is you keep mm-hmm. uh, the top layer. You keep clean, and a clean yes. layer. <laughs> and you keep adding to the, that top, like two, three, maybe you know, six inches is clean. It's it's. Not mm-hmm. that you're just leaving and letting the manure pack build up with just manure and then laying on the manure, you're actually building a right. bedding pack where when you go to clean this out in the spring, you're kind of looking at yourself going, Man, we wasted a lot of money on bedding, but you didn't, you didn't? yeah. Um, you know, a lot of uh, in looking into researching, you know, for today's show, because I want to know mm-hmm. a, a bunch of different perspectives. A bunch of the, of the websites Hager included, you know talked about you know getting your animals off the ground. really that's, that's the thing
0: yeah.
1: on this is uh, they aren't laying on, on the the earthen ground or the cement pad of the barn, which may freeze um, right. Get them up, off the <clears> ground. <throat> um the as you mentioned john you know the the manure pack may build itself its own heat and that's not necessarily because you know the poop as my kids would call it's <laughs> <is> still warm <laughs> but that it's actually composting
0: right so underneath it composts the heat comes up and if you're doing it right like i feel like we do it pretty well um You'll you'll find that if you, we have water buckets that sit on the the pack as well, um, they're hooked in and the bottom sits on the pack. Uh, it's very rare that they freeze because of that warmth, uh, and our barn stays warmer because of that breakdown and the animal heat, um, and it stays above freezing usually unless we get like a a huge spike of minus thirty degree weather. <laughs> See um, what kind of both you and I are, are talking almost,
1: almost. No, no, there's no almost, but about different climates. I mean, you're there in the Hudson River yeah, Valley. Yeah, you get a lot of thermal warmth yep. coming up the valley from you know New York City and the, the Atlantic. Um, we'll, like I think this, yeah. when we had our snowfall, you know, this past week or, or week or so, you know, we had a lake effect event, and you know, we already have have had six inches of snow, and yeah. um, we sent you a picture, and you sent one back of beautiful green, <laughs> lushy fields and leaves and sunshine. <laughs> yeah, and we were dealing with whiteout. Uh, yeah, we. My my uh, father-in-law mowed the grass. Yeah, the, well, yeah. The, the lawnmower has a- been put away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think one of the things I want to uh, stress is it what we're talking about is not a manure pack. This is a pack of right. bedding. A clean, yep. dry bedding. Not a manure pack. We will, even in February, we'll load up the the wheelbarrow or you know we'll shovel an area out to the garden so we have a place to dump that. Or we'll take, we've got a mm-hmm. little plastic sled that sometimes we'll even uh, put it in. To get it out out of the barn. We'll go into those pens and we'll remove yeah. wet areas, you know, and re bed it yeah. with dry bedding. Um, the key is, is, and sometimes, yeah. yeah, bedding may not be shiny, shiny gold straw, it may be first cutting. Oh, um, yeah, yep, you know, and- the stuff out of the manger <clears throat> that they didn't eat, you know, maybe bedding.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it. You know, or, you know, as we get closer to spring, sometimes, as, you know, you know, we've had it pointed out, it's that really expensive bedding. You know, the leftover second yeah. or third <laughs> cutting they didn't eat. Uh, but, yeah. yeah.
0: So, what I do is, because you've seen my barn. My barn's not huge. Um, it's at about max capacity as far as animals go. Um, but... What I end up doing is because it's a smaller area and sometimes in the winter, if it's like super cold out, I'll just keep them off the dry lot, which we'll talk about dry lots in a minute. Um, What I do is once it gets to a point where usually, so right now my barn's at mid winter form, which I hate. I just had an injury and then with the baby and then every time I want to move them to a pasture to clean out the barn, I've got somebody in heat and they're Right now, the best area to graze them is kind of near the buck pen, so I don't want the bucks to be killing the fence. So I, uh, I just haven't had a chance. Hopefully this week, I, I won't have anybody in heat. I can do it, but so it's in min- mid winter form where I have about a six inch pack, um, which is not ideal. So what I do, and usually what I do is, it's about late January, early February. I'll I'll muck it all out. So I'll muck everything out. Um, take a day, and just get it all clean. Then I'll put uh, lime down underneath, and then I'll re-bed it with thick layer of uh, straw. And I usually use a bale of straw in each pen, just because I know they're going uh, to they always eat pen? it, right? <laughs> uh, let's see. The left pen is probably... Twelve by ten. Just to maybe? give,
1: just to give, then, uh, listen as a reference. You know, if you were dealing with a six by six pen or, or, or a twenty by mm-hmm. forty pen, you know as to how much you're using per pen. So in a, in a t- ten by twelve right. pen, you're using about a bale of hay, which gives. A,
0: and then the other one's probably right.
1: eight by eight. So you're know, building yourself a nice thick pack there of dry bedding. Mm-hmm. Um. And that helps keep them warm. But you know, i I will say we will if the other way to help keep them warm. And I was seeing this somebody this morning posted. You know what? Do, what do they have to do? They got a doe kid. First, go on mm-hmm. the property, got a doe kid, and you know wanted to know what they needed to do. And every other comment, they were like. I wanna like sixty comments. Every other comment was get her a friend. Get her a friend. Yeah. <laughs> we will throw our bucks in together. I mean, currently they've been living together, but um mm. we we used to have our bucks in there. Each one would have their own pen. Except when winter would come, the boys would share a pen. Um Yeah. They do need I mean, keep in mind, they are herd animals. Um, and during yeah. non-breeding season, bucks will, you know, they'll put their differences aside usually, and and they'll buddy, oh, they'll yeah. they'll, <laughs> they'll buddy up, uh, <laughs> in more ways than one. Yep. But they'll uh, buddy up and they'll, they'll keep <laughs> each other warm, uh, and that's kind of the the name of the yeah. game here is keeping them warm. Um, you know. <sighs> We'll, we'll in a little bit here we'll so, we'll get into how they keep themselves warm internally but like the other thing to do is with these pens I mean,
0: you keeping the draft it yes so uh winterizing yeah. your barn um which i'm pretty lucky i don't really have to do because i have those big doors i can close if it gets too cold out <clears throat> um but you want to keep drafts down. That's a right. Good thing. Well so what uh in, in keeping
1: draft down, that doesn't mean like uh, lining every wall of your barn. You do need <laughs> yes. airflow going you, for you, ventilation. Um it's actually like if you mm-hmm. go inside our barn right now, I think our barn is, is pretty good. Um, uh, especially for wintertime yeah uh drought. But if you go I'd in agree. the middle of our barn right now, you know, the sun has just come up and you shut all the doors and everything and you look around, yes, there is light coming through the wall boards. You can see through those boards, mm-hmm. through the walls, in little areas, you know, cracks. I'm not filling all the cracks, um, but I do fill the ones that are big enough that snow is going to blow in.
0: Uh, right. And Whatever side the wind prevails yep. for your setup, um, you're going to want that and covered.
1: I, you know, we've got board and batten, and we just adjust the batten to cover up those cracks. Um, also, plywood. Mm-hmm. Um, we we yes, put up a layer yes, yes. of plywood on that wind side and uh, to keep the snow from coming in. Uh,
0: mm-hmm or just a stiff breeze. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And we we have uh overlapping boards on our doors to help keep the wind from blowing in there. Um Yeah, you know, every little mm-hmm. bit helps, but at the same time um, you know, we still have the gap on the soffit, you know, it's probably about you know, an inch gap on the soffits on the roof underneath the eaves. Right. That allows airflow up into the barn and into the, through the hay mouth. Um <clears throat> You know, we do have the minuscule cracks uh, along the barn that allow air to just kind of put, permeate in. Cause you need to keep ventilation through the barn a bit uh, so that, mm-hmm. if, face it, by February, there is going to be
0: a bit of ammonia possibility. Um uh, right. Which is that's why I muck out by then, um, but that ammonia possibility, and then with stagnant that's airflow, hard. that's when you really start. Yeah, it's a problem because you're going to really start to. Well, flirt and that's with part of
1: the problem that people are having with with the setup at Harrisburg currently.
0: And mm-hmm.
1: um, so it uh, you know you start having pneumonia and respiratory issues in February, you're in trouble. Um, yeah. So we, uh, you know, we allow a bit of airflow in and through the barn, but even with this airflow and the little bit of air cracks, we don't have the drafts on the animals. Um, the temperature in the barn is almost always 10 degrees warmer than it is outside. Now I mentioned Mm -hmm. this, you know, it it, uh, where we are, Starting usually about now you know some we start getting snowfall and we'll have snow probably until mid April um, so yeah we if we muck out in February or January it's because there was a, a thaw yeah you know you right. you you're down you're down in a warmer climate and you can you can look out. I think I'm right. going to muck out. It's a Feb- beautiful February morning. I'll go do it. We look out in February usually, and we've still got 18 to 24 inches of snow in order to get to any of our fields <laughs> or to our yeah. compost pile. Um, Yeah. But I will tell you that that March weekend where it hits, you know, 40, and we think we can get something to the uh, – garden or the compost pile the manure pile um we do um yeah. and uh we get it cleaned out uh, we will also like right now we're we're kind of eyeing well where's our kidding pen going to be not really the kidding pen but the mm-hmm. kid pen uh, and you know right. we we'll keep that we get that ready now because again you don't want to be trying to clean that out in the middle of the winter
0: um <laughs> exactly yeah. You know, it- Well, I'm lucky. I'm lucky where I can keep my kids in my basement for a week or two um, and don't have to worry about that as much. Um, and actually, last year, we kept them there until weaning just because we didn't have anywhere else to put them. <laughs> uh, we had a lot, a lot of buyers that were like, oh, can we wait until they're weaned? And I'm like, ugh. So... Um, but we're lucky that way. But a lot of people, yes, you need to have a kidding pen uh, idea set and ready to rock if you're going to start kidding. in we are. In January, I mean, we are. February. Um, Yeah.
1: You know, so here's a, a, a one on the list that's kind of uh, good. <laughs> we have a list of topics that we go down through. Is um, So dry lotting. So this is one that... Um, mm-hmm. It, it is different, depending on where you are. The how you handle it is different yeah. based on your personal preferences uh, right. you know for years we had my wife and I had the doze, and once the snow hit, they were in barn for and we had so yeah. many health issues we had ketosis mm-hmm. fever, uh, we had pneumonia we had the issues, well, we started dry lotting and, you know, it's not that the ketosis went away um, right. or, or that the milk fever did, but they got mild, a lot more mild ketosis much later in the, mm-hmm. in the gestation. Normally, like they got it the day or two. The dogs who got ketosis, um, got it right. Which it's, is which is right.
0: normal. It um, you
1: just have to keep an eye on it and, and anticipate it and be testing for it. Um, but mm-hmm. um, also,
0: our dogs are just in ge- better general health. Um. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: if they're if they're penned up with five or six other does or whatever right. your setup is. Right. Uh, you're going to come up with, they're going to be bored. They're going to be ornery. They're going to be pushing each other around. You could end up with someone becoming a little lame on a leg, um, just because they've everybody's headbutting each yep. other because they're frustrated. Um, I, I honestly think with a dry lot, the biggest, the bigger you can go, the better, um, mine's a pretty decent size. Uh, And yours is pretty good size, too. So I I think the bigger, the better. And there's multiple reasons for that, right? So when you're getting multiple snowstorms or rainstorms in the winter, like down south, it rains all winter. um, The bigger area you have, the less likely they're going to be trekking on the same patch of ground, mucking it up, making a mud pit, um, which I see some breeders... And you'll see pictures of them in spring and summer, and they're on their dry lot, and they're up to their elbows in mud because it's too small. Um, you really mud's an issue too; it's just as bad as snow. Uh, it's not good for their hooves. It's not good oh, no. for just yeah. general health um, to have to have a dirty, dirty animal. Well, I know. Um, so the bigger you can go, It may just better. be
1: something where those areas that are wet, you just need to. You know, mm-hmm. this sounds like just need to, but I realize it's it's a lot bigger of an issue because something that I've been you know looking at trying to solve. We have a wet spot on our on our pasture, and we've been thinking about trying to just mm-hmm. dig it out. And you know, we're not going to turn it into a pond, but refill it with drainage, get the drainage. There. Yeah, okay, you can tile tile it out and right get and the do runoff. get it drier. Um not completely dry because you still need some moisture for the things to grow, Uh, but, Mm -hmm. you know, get them out on the dry lot. You know, these, except for maybe Nigerians and Nubians and probably La Mancha's, um, these are Swiss breeds. These are breeds that, you know, 200 years ago, were in a much cooler climate, not just because of climate change, but because of where they were from, you know, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it's, uh, you know, even now, overhudgedly are considered, you know, that's what we both have, uh, considered a hardy uh, breed. Uh, but, you know, because oh, yeah. they, they, they do well. And there are, there are mm-hmm. examples of, you know, through cooperative extension, and uh, I think Hager Supply mentions it, and letting your animals get cold in the fall. It sounds really cruel, but, you know, <laughs> you, I, I don't think you can talk to an Obahazla breeder or even probably even a Tog breeder that that first clip in June or in, in the spring, you're shearing you're shearing. Not clipping, mm. you're shearing off. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cashmere
0: layer. Oh, the the amount of cashmere that these over and and Toggenbergs and Alpines have is ridiculous. Uh, my my goats, you can just pick it off. I couldn't knit. A, I couldn't well, knit multiple sweaters. That's kind of how we I know that to. it's it's spring. It's the, my
1: daughters will take will be brushing the does out, and and they'll get this. Ball of wool, basically, and we and my mm-hmm. wife would you know play with it, you know, spin it almost. But um, these are these animals are naturally exposed to cold weather, so when it's October, November, let them be outside, let them get used to there yeah. being a little bit of chill. We actually will leave on sunny mm-hmm. days in the winter. We will only close the barn up tight if there's going to be a wind or a significant weather event, right. if it's sunny and, mm-hmm. you know, not, you know, bone chilling cold, we'll leave the barn open, let them go out and come in. Um, we'll let them, we'll put them all outside. We'll put them out on pasture and we'll feed them hay out there, but, you know, or in the, you know, ours, our setup is such that they can come in and into a couple of the pens. Um, we'll still get them the hay, but you know we let them go out and come in as they please. Um, you know, it helps them stay warm. Now, I mentioned the hay, and I really want to touch on this. I mean, we're, we're hitting our close to hitting our ten minute mark here on this, and hay. Yeah, I think as far as winter preparation, this is. This is one of the most important things, other than having shelter. What food, shelter, and and water? What are the 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 survival things needed for survival? Yeah, and hay for ruminants (laughs)
0: is Uh, is up there with water. Um, Yeah, yeah. So, what I do, um, you and I are very different with the fact that my does won't touch first cutting at all. They just, they'll, they'll pick at it and they'll waste 90% of a bail. Um That's just the way they are. Um, I guess if I wanted to switch up my hay provider, maybe my first cutting from my hay provider just isn't great. Um, but what I do is I always feed them second cutting orchard, Timothy mix. Um, and it's, and it's a little bit weedy. So it's got those weeds in it. Um, and they do well on it all year round. Uh, but in the wintertime, I really, I mean, they right now, just getting ready for winter, getting their bodies ready. They're going through a bale a day for the does, which is usually in the winter time. they're going through two, maybe three flakes. Um, and that's with uh, eight does in there right now. Um, so they're going through a bale uh, and I, I let them have it. If I see the feeder is half full or, or is going to be empty by morning. I'll, I'll fill it up. Um, and just really, you want to pound that hay into them and get their rumens going. And, and that's their rumens working. Exactly. Is what heats so
1: them up. yeah, it's you put out our doughs are different than your does. And I think it's, you've got to find out what yep. your does want or what your goats want. Um, my does it's funny. So when it's warm, in you know, I say warm above thirty degrees. Mm-hmm. They love their second and their third cutting. They don't get the third cutting except for, you know, after they come in milk in the spring. We kind of stash that away. Um you know, we mainly because, you know, as the hay sits it, it loses nutrient load. And by the time we get the third that third cutting in the spring, it's probably about the same nutrient load as is second or some first, but anyway, it, it depends on your hay specifically. But our doze it's it's odd, mm-hmm. and it may just be our doughs. When it gets cold, they prefer that first cutting. Um, but what mm-hmm. they'll do is they'll eat it, and and I don't mean they'll pick through and they'll find the leaf and and they'll. You know, sit on the rest. They'll eat the coarse stuff too. Now, my first cutting is is not a goldenrod, uh, thistle you know, mix. The first cutting I'm referring to is just stemmy mm. timothy, St- stemmy timothy, orchard grass. Right. They, you know, they couldn't get to the field until June because the fields were were wet or snow covered, or you know, muddy. And so this is just stemmy mm-hmm. uh, hay. Um, so it's not really coarse stuff like mulch hay. It's it's just a stemmy grassy hay. But they'll they'll eat that, right? And then they'll go lay down on that that deep pack of bedding, and on mm-hmm. these cold days and. It's not uncommon when when we've got a 10 degree below zero high to go into the barn, which is, again, 10 degrees warmer than it is outside, so it's zero in the barn. those all bedded down, chewing the cud, and just all fluffed up like little uh, fuzz balls, and just content, chewing the cud and eating their first cutting. And then when it gets a little warmer and, and those are starting to, you know, get closer to kidding, we'll we'll toss it some more second back at them, and some, you know, after they freshen, they'll get the third. Um, but it is that so in the rumen, you get a process of fermentation going on, and, and fermentation produces uh, energy and, and, and heat in heat in the goat rumen. And that is actually what keeps the goats warm. It's the same thing that keeps uh, deer and, and cows warm when they're out in the field, you mm-hmm. know, The deer specifically. you know, They're not going into the barn in most cases and, and laying down on a six- or eight-inch pack. The deer are going and finding a deep snowbank in a spruce stand and bedding down while mm-hmm. they chew you know, cut in, in the cud and the rumination going on in their stomach, and that keeps them alive. Right. Um, and the same thing is what's going on with your
0: goats. Um, well, another thing that I do, um, which is my dairy cattle back background, is uh, in the wintertime, you really uh, add on protein to their. Their grain or silage, um, you want a little bit higher of a protein in that. Um, And what I do is a lot of people, when their doughs are bred, they just – they're done with grain. Um, What I do is I'll give a scoop to the community pen, right? So in one pen, I've got four juniors, so they get a scoop. um, And I don't mind giving them a scoop because one of them is not bred, or two of them aren't bred. And the other two – uh they're not hogs when it comes to grain they're not just wolfing it down usually it's the other two that are really eating the majority of it and then the other community pen which is everybody's bread you've got oh except for the nigerians uh you've got five doughs in there and they're eating that one scoop so they're not getting an awful ton of uh of grain a day right so they're they're really um they're just getting that extra protein to keep their room in full and, and them chewing their cud, and they get that extra protein for heat as well, and they're not going to end up getting right. fat and have oversized kids. Because that's why people, people really cut down the greens. They're worried about oversized kids. Knock on wood, I've never had that issue. Um, if I do see a spike in that issue one season, maybe I'll cut off the green. You know, but we, I have we've, a, got, had a... we've
1: had issues with oversized kids. But those years, yeah, we were feeding – Mm -hmm. Yeah, we dried them off. Then we were still feeding them as if they were milking, and you know they weren't getting the feed on the stand. But yeah, we ended up with oversized kids. Uh, And Mm -hmm. uh, what we what we do is we we still feed. Yes, we still feed, even having had oversized kids. Mm -hmm. But we cut back drastically. We do. We keep them on kind of a the blue shield. Challenger. Uh, But Mm -hmm. we cut it back, you know, as you said, a scoop for the pen. And we'll have actually about four or five does in a pen. Um, Usually, you know, a dam and her now milking daughters. Um, And, uh, you know, we, we cut it way back. It's more at during the winter for us it's more of a you know energy kick it's kind of like the morning morning snickers bar and the dessert at night sort of thing um it's not a you know you're milking and we need you to produce milk it's not a get you ready for show season it's it's more of an energy uh
0: bar of course yeah um and what I do is I also make sure that I yes. have these minerals available. Um, I, that's a big thing. Uh, and I I really didn't touch on one thing that I wanted to, Well, I have two things I really want to touch on before we go. Um, but one yes. thing is so loose minerals, right? Um, that's going to keep their coats healthy. Um, it's, it's going to which keep is their what you need um, healthy internally as well. And actually, that was uh,
1: one of the other things that. Yes. We realized yep. with uh, Ado Addy was we had lapsed on you know, in the spring we ran out of the loose minerals and and we thought, ah, they're on pasture, they've they're out and they're about, we're they're going to the salt block. Um, when a lot of people will say the salt block is the problem itself. Um, but I i i, do, yeah, does, I don't use salt block go to the salt block, but the salt block is kind of a uh, a johnny generic of of mineral sources, and yeah, if the dough doesn't go to it um she's not going to get it same case with loose mineral, but loose minerals are more apt to have a few of the micronutrients that we don't think our animals think about um you know the selenium the iodine right um whereas the the johnny generic salt block is is you know more of your macronutrients um Mm -hmm. so it's it's yeah loose mineral yes yes and keep those mineral containers as accessible and keep them clean um Mm -hmm. you know we we we've Yes. Right. If they're pooping they them poop in the them. other thing I, I I can't tell you the things I've found in them. Um, but it's one of the jobs of, of my kids, you know, when we do the loose minerals and we've re upped you know, we've we put them back in is to make sure that it's got loose mineral in it and that it's clean. Um you know, it's you know it's, it's gotta be such that you're not afraid to just you know Oh, it sounds terrible to take a finger and just take a dab yourself. If you won't do that, then the goats yeah. aren't going to want to do that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then I I think yep. that one of the things you're wanting to touch on is one of the things I want to touch on, too, which is parasites, Um, which yes. M- uh, might. Yes, that is one touch, thing. Right? Um,
0: so I mentioned, I mentioned. Yeah, mites and lice. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I do diatomaceous earth on top of the pack every once in a while, usually like once every two weeks. I'll just, you know, kind of siphon it on there. Not heavy, just light enough where um, what that does is it, it helps keep mites and lice down uh, because the doughs are laying on it. So they're getting that diatomaceous earth on them. Um, I I have some goofy doughs that roll around when whenever I put a little bit of fresh or straw on top and so they're rolling around and they're getting on them but also they live mites especially but lice too live in that straw and hay uh that's that's wasted and that's how when the dough lays down that's how they're getting them usually um so you want to you want to just what i do and what i've found that works best is um just, just spread that there, and then if they happen to get it because it's very common, um, ivermectin works wonders yep. for getting rid of it. Um, usually, one dose well, and, and then two another that, dose, and you're um, good. Ivermectin helps in
1: getting rid of, but you may want to double up on and get. Uh,
0: uh, no, the <laughs> uh, lime
1: sulfur spray. And it usually comes super concentrated Mm. and it smells like rotten eggs that have been forgotten for the past year. But, um, it's like a Kung Fu luy on (laughs) mice. It, it, it also is a Kung Fu luy on, on things such as ringworm and, and other uh, things that you may pick up at shows. Yeah. Um, which, but it's, uh, and I'll warn you, yes, it will stain your clothes yellow um and make you smell like rotten eggs for a day, <clears throat> so you might do better <laughs> to do some preventative measures to keep your dose from getting it, but sometimes it, it does does uh befall you uh accidentally. I do remember there was one year in New York State Fair now this is going back twenty twenty five years ago, um uh, maybe even thirty um uh, the New York State yeah. Fair got a new supplier for um, their shavings. Um, those of you who've never been to the New York State Fair, um, at least back in the 90s, um, the way it worked was the first half of the fair was a 4-H week, and the second half was a the class. The 4-Hers were released mm-hmm. on a Tuesday night, and they had to cl- clean out their stalls, into the center aisle, and then the fair would come in with bobcat tractors and remove all of that, and then the bobcat would come back through with a and put a scoop of uh, shavings in each pen, uh, and these were supplied in a ball gray. Oh, and
0: I, I know where this
1: is done uh, for years. That was fine, no problem. But then this one year, at least that I remember, in those who are there and know what I'm talking about and remember it can correct me if I'm wrong, but this one year they put it in and every doe in the barn ended up with Mike that the open class animals came in, you know, at midnight, they set up the pens and by morning, every doe mm-hmm. in the barn had Mike. Um, so sometimes the mites can oh, even geez. come in on, on bedding. The same with the lights. Um, so that being said, it's not a bad yeah. idea to put down diatomaceous earth or to keep a close eye on your animals. This is one of the problems that a lot of breeders have mm-hmm. during the winter months. And we really get you know, nervous about doing it. We don't want to do it. Is feel over your animals and check them over and check areas for, for parasites in health issues, whether it's, you know, mites or lice or, or sore mouth or ringworm Um, because I mean, I know what happens Mm is at least here in, in central New York, it's zero when you're doing chores, maybe zero and dark and you're doing chores. You just want to get back in the house where it's warm and pick up the coffee and, and, Warm yourself back up. So you're you're tossing the hay, you're checking the water, you're giving them a little bit to eat. You're looking at everybody superficially, make sure there's no kids on the ground. Boom, back in the house. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so yep. you've got to uh, take a breather when you're out there. I mean, even though it's a little chilly, and check your animals over. You know, you pet them, love them. You know, they, they want to be loved yeah. during this cold time. Take that opportunity to check for parasites uh, or
0: health issues. Yep. And, and one, one of those health issues that I really want to touch on, and I'm always talking about this because it's, it's big to me. It matters. Um, with that extra bed pack, you know, eventually there's going to be moisture. Um, with that extra precipitation outside, there's going to be mud. Um, which hopefully you can keep down. There's ways to do it, you know, scooping with a, a square shovel, um, making it flat again and, and, you know, getting rid of any ex- excess soil. Um, but they're standing in that. So you want to check their hooves because hoof rot really starts in winter. Um, and if you're not if you're not on top of it in springtime is really when it becomes prevalent and then you see does with bad feet as shows. And most likely it's because of precipitate or, uh, Water, um, mud. Um, well, that all that, that extra may be one of the, in the other
1: issue, really, is the uh, the fact that, especially with the does, mm-hmm. winter just so happened. Like you know, we have dough freshening in, in what I think January twenty fifth. Okay. Um, That means that last month of her pregnancy is going to be in the heart of the winter for us, actually. She's carrying the most Mm -hmm. weight she normally would be carrying on that manure pack. If she's not got a well-set of hooves under her, if her hooves are long and she's having trouble standing on them, she's going to find ways. That weight's going to go first point it goes to is like the paster and I have seen a lot of does where mm-hmm. um, the hooves have been allowed to go and the pastors not really break but they give and that, that's I think where a lot of yeah. young beautiful yearlings who had beautiful set of feet and legs and then the two year old milker and now has, has a bit of articulation there is because they were carrying that extra weight of the, the kid and mm-hmm. all the, in the associated fluids, and that body weight is increased, and it puts stress on the pasterns because they weren't able to stand on a good set of feet and legs. And again, with cold weather, we all a lot of us are right. guilty of it of wanting to get chores done as fast as you can so you can get back to where it's warm, and so you don't look at the hooves on the box. You may not even look at the hooves on the does that weren't bred, mm-hmm. um, but you need to, you yeah. know? And you yeah. really need to attend to those. In um, those mil- those pregnant does, you know, what we try to do is we try to make sure that at l- least a month before they do, they've gotten, you know, the pedicure sort of thing. And, Then we try to keep up on it a little bit, you know, so that by two weeks before they're due, they're getting some final little snips on that, and they're good to go so that that last two weeks they can just worry about being pregnant and eating and getting some good kids. Mm -hmm. I agree. The hooves on a pregnant doe or on any animal during the winter – that's when, when most of these animals, the hooves the, and the pasterns, break down. In my opinion, is this this time of that time of year. Um, yeah. So, I I fully agree that the hooves you really got to be on top of that, um, and it it's up there with making sure you got yeah. the hay. And you know, final comment on the hay. Um, if you haven't gotten enough hay. Um, I would get it now. I would line it up now or at least have a source of where you're going to get it. Should yeah. you need it Um, come the spring? Um, it really is kind of the, the ant yeah. work of you in June and July when the weather's good uh, so that you have more than you need for, for the, you know, winter. Right. So,
0: Yeah, so uh, so that's getting ready for winter as it is among us. Um, I did want to touch on real quick uh, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, we're probably going to be changing how we produce this show um, with with what software we use just because we're finding that the Anchor platform, although it's great and free and, and does well, uh, there's audio issues where there's some lagging. I'm sure the listeners have noticed it. Nate and I aren't talking over each other. But sometimes it just are. lags my audio um, <laughs> and it's usually pre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes we are. Um, but so, so we might be changing things up. I'm looking into it. Um, and honestly, I just I'm probably going to have to bite the bullet and get a new computer here pretty soon to really uh, take this thing head on. Um, but yeah. So if, you, if you're seeing the quality has been poor a little bit lately, um, not as far as content, but the way it sounds, uh, we're aware of it. Um, I did have somebody that messaged me and, and asked, "Hey, are, are you guys' audio's not synced?" And I was like, "Well, they are when we're recording, but as for some reason, as it goes through the the channels of of becoming live for for you as the audience to listen to, uh, it, it does some weird stuff." So, um, but yeah, so you might be seeing a change there. We're working on it. Um and I hope you guys are still enjoying everything with this show
1: no um, other you than have anything uh else to add, Nate? yeah this is a great time of year um here in the northeast there there's uh not much going on other than um time to be spent with your family going out uh uh see your loved ones if you're able mm-hmm. to. I know in the age of covid that may be limited, but I strongly advise at least face time uh, mm-hmm. uh, call them um, let them hear your voice um, we may you know, we yeah. move into the Thanksgiving time coming up here in a couple weeks um, everybody be safe and uh, you know have fun
0: yeah well said thank you um, for having me so Nate thank you for joining us uh, it was a pleasure yeah. Pleasure as always. Uh, everybody else. Thank you for listening to ringside American dairy goat podcast. I'm John. That's.